thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and today I wanted to have a chat about a topic that I'm getting lots of questions online about, I'm seeing more frequently in the clinic at the moment, and that is the dreaded heel pain. So it's estimated around 1 in 10 people will suffer with heel pain in their lifetime, and most commonly, the heel pain that people suffer is one that's called plantar fasciitis, or as is more commonly known now, plantar fasciopathy. So there are lots of different types of heel pain and reasons that you may be suffering heel pain, but today I really want to focus on the most common one, which is that plantar fasciopathy. So just for context, it was plantar fasciitis, which basically means inflammation of the plantar fascia. But we now know that it's not a true inflammation. It's actually a thickening of the connective tissue and some scar tissue and micro tears going on. So it's now known as a plantar fasciopathy. So what is the plantar fascia? Well, the plantar fascia is a thick fibrous band of connective tissue that runs from the heel of the foot right up into the ball of the foot and branches out into five parts um, and into sort of the each of the bones of the ball of the foot. Now, for those who want to learn more about fascia, be sure to check out my previous podcast or one of the earlier podcasts that I did with Black Roll Australia, as we talk you know, more in depth about what fascia is and ways to keep fascia healthy and why it's so important. But essentially, the plantar fascia is part of that network of fascial connective tissue, but it's located in the foot, in the arch of the foot. So. Plantar fasciopathy, it is micro tears in the heel, okay, which is why it's quite a painful experience for those who have had it or, or know someone that has it. It can really be quite debilitating and, and reduce you know, the amount of activity you can do because of the intense pain you can get from it. And in all, you know, really bad cases, you can actually rupture the plantar fascia, um, which can result in then needing surgery. So if you have heel pain, it is your body's way of telling you to calm down and there is a problem there. So you shouldn't really be pushing through that pain. You should be listening to your body and trying to work out what that pain is and how to treat it and more importantly, how to, to stop it from coming back, which is what I want to chat about today but before we get stuck into it I just want to make note that 
like, like I said earlier, heel pain, there can be different causes. So if you are suffering heel pain, be sure to get assessed by a professional to get a proper diagnosis um, and have a professional help you get on top of uh, the pain. Okay, and we're going to talk today about, I guess, the difference between symptoms versus the problem when it comes to plantar fasciopathy and how we go about treating treating those. So you, you should uh, have a, a good awareness of what you need to do moving forward if you are suffering uh, with this condition. What does plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciopathy look like? So you may know you're suffering with heel pain. You've got pain in the foot or in the heel. But plantar fasciopathy, it tends to be more intense upon rising. Okay, so you'll find that that heel pain is worse after you've been resting. So when you first get up in the morning, those first couple of minutes, those first lot of steps can be really intense. It can be like walking on eggshells um, for that first couple of minutes. Then you may find that as the, the muscles warm up and you sort of get going, that that pain might reduce a bit. That may go away altogether um, once you get going. For some people, it'll still be quite intense, but not as sharp as when you first get up. And then later on in the day, the more you've been doing, you may find that that intensity of pain picks up um, again once you've been on it for a while. If you sit down through the day, then get back up. You may find that uh, intensity of pain um, increases again. So it's generally worse after resting. Now, the pain is generally in the actual heel bone itself, is where it feels like it is, which is where the plantar fascia inserts. Okay, so the, the bulk of that connective tissue attaches um, into the calcaneus, so into the right underneath the heel. But there are then also fibers that run around into the back of the heel, right up into the Achilles, right up into the calf, and then even up into the hamstring. So that fashion network encases the whole body. So as much as the pain is felt in the foot, we'll talk about why the whole body and the, the whole posterior chain, the back of the leg, can be involved when it comes to um, heel pain. What causes plantar fasciitis? Well, it's thought that footwear can be a big factor uh, in developing plantar fasciitis. Increased weight, so if you put, suddenly put on more weight, then that can increase load of the foot and stress the plantar fascia. Because the plantar fascia is essentially there to help support the arch is one of its main roles. And when you start increasing the load on that plantar fascia, then you can start getting little tears in it. It becomes overworked um, or weak or highly strung and those little tears start to form, which can then cause scar tissue around it and thickening. An increase in activity can also sometimes bring on 
plantar fasciitis. So, you know, if you've been fairly sedentary for a while, then you decide to go and um, start walking again or running or back to the gym, you may find that's a time that brings on plantar fasciitis. Or it may be that you just up the amount of Ks you're running or you start lifting more weights or uh, you may bring your standing desk into work. Um, whatever it may be, an increase in activity can be a risk factor for developing plantar fasciitis. Some other reasons from a footwear point of view is some ill-fitting shoes. Okay, so like I said before, <clears throat> sorry, the plantar fascia under the heel is linked up into the back of the leg. So if you're in a shoe that has a raised heel, which I've spoken about before in the podcast as well, then that can start to shorten the Achilles. It can start to shorten the calf muscle. It can make the calf muscle work harder than it needs to. And that increased tension through the Achilles can increase the tension through the plantar fascia, increasing the risk of developing heel pain. Having the big toe slightly wound up because of that raised heel and even toe spring, which is another feature I've spoken about in previous podcasts, that can create more wound up tension in the plantar fascia too. So we start creating um, stiffness and tightness through that plantar fascia as well as weakening muscles around the arch. We may have some dysfunctional posture and movement patterns that all lead to more pressure and more force going through that plantar fascia, which inevitably results in heel pain. Now, the body works on a theory of torque. Now, the body and part of the way the plantar fascia helps support the arch is by externally rotating the, the foot or sort of rolling the foot out to help raise the arch but that's not done in isolation at the foot the muscles around the hip uh, the core even right down the leg help to externally rotate the leg to create torque to help lift the arch up and then the plantar fascia can do what it needs to do to play its role in supporting the foot as well but what tends to happen and a big reason i believe we're seeing more heel pain in a lot of people is that for lots of us, we lack the ability to now create that torque. Hips become weak, calves become tight, feet become flatter or become really high arched and stiff, but we're loading that plantar fascia more and expecting the plantar fascia to help hold the foot up without all the other supporting muscles kicking in and we basically end up with an overuse injury with those tears in the plantar fascia which is where your heel pain comes from so i think footwear has a big role to play and you'll quite often see online or you know when people talk about plantar fasciitis that not having supportive footwear can cause plantar fasciitis and I believe that's the case because we've become so reliant on having supportive footwear 
then we've lost the ability to actually support our own feet and our own posture. Generally around summertime, especially here in Australia, I tend to find in the clinic, I do see a lot more cases of heel pain. And the reason I think that is, is that we become so reliant on supportive footwear, whether it's for at school, at work, um, at the gym, you know, it might be your work boots that you wear that have support, have the raised heel, they don't allow the foot to become a mobile adapter, so they're too rigid in the middle of the shoe, so the plantar fascia becomes quite stiff and stuck in one position. And then on top of that dysfunctional foot, when it starts becoming summer and warming up, we start getting out of those supportive shoes. We might start putting on thongs or sandals or getting around barefoot more, um, becoming more active without that supportive footwear, which then means the body's putting more pressure through that plantar fascia because we don't have the support of the shoe. So as much as supportive footwear may seem like a great idea to prevent and, and heal plantar fasciitis and heel pain, I actually think it's part of the problem that's causing more heel pain in the first place. We're also sitting more than ever. So the more we're sitting means the more dysfunctional our hips are becoming, which then places more pressure and more force and more internal rotation through the foot. So we start loading the arch of the foot up more because we're not getting the hips to help externally rotate the legs. So there are some of the reasons why um, we develop plantar fasciitis and some of the causes. So to recap, it's you know putting on excess weight, it's becoming more active, uh, tightness through the calves or the Achilles, poor posture, you know, flatter feet. But like I said, the big one I really believe is the dependence on footwear that we've that we're now relying on to support our feet. We've really lost the ability to support our own body. You've developed heel pain. So what do we do now? Well, I'd really encourage you to get diagnosed properly so you know whether it is plantar fasciitis or one of the other causes of heel pain because they can be treated slightly different, okay? But generally, I believe a lot of the issues we see these days, whether it be heel pain, forefoot pain, calf pain, knee pain, it all comes down to how we move and how our body um, is stabilizing itself and aligning itself through movement. So the underlying problem with a lot of heel pains, is actually how you're moving. It's the biomechanics of your movement and the lack of stability, lack of alignment that causes more wear and tear, more force, more imbalances through areas that aren't designed to have those imbalances. But first and foremost, you do need to treat the symptoms. Okay, that's where you're getting pain, 
you do need to get it assessed so you know you haven't done any you know real damage but then it's also important to start treating that pain to help reduce the compensation for the pain but also just get you back into an active lifestyle but pain is just a an indicator that something's going wrong okay your body's telling you that it's not liking how you're moving it's sending out a signal to say this is hurting stop moving like that so as much as treating the pain is important the biggest mistake i see people make is not looking for the underlying cause and not treating or correcting that underlying problem that's leading to the pain in the first place. So how do we diagnose plantar fasciitis? Well, generally is looking for signs and symptoms. So typically, you know, we're looking for yeah, is it sore when you first get up? Um, where is the pain? How does the pain feel? It shouldn't be sort of sharp shooting pains. It's normally more of a an intense pain or a throb or like a bruise type feeling. We start looking at how you're moving. So if the foot's collapsing quite a bit or you have really tight wound up calves and Achilles, they're kind of signs and symptoms as well that point toward diagnosing your heel pain is plantar fasciitis. And then if needed, we can look at getting scans like ultrasound to confirm that diagnosis if we need to see how thick the plantar fascia has become and, and work out a treatment plan from there. Now, treating the plantar fascia isn't all that hard generally. It can be a little bit fickle. And in a lot of cases, it can actually resolve itself over time. But it's still important <laughs> to make sure so don't just think, oh, if it's going to get better over time, I'll just leave it and see how it goes. Because it is still your body's way of telling you there's a problem. Okay, so even though sometimes plantar fasciitis will resolve itself, it can quite often take quite a while to do so, so a good 12 months or so before that happens. But in those 12 months, if you're walking around with pain, you're going to be creating compensation patterns. You might be loading up the other leg more to get off the painful foot. So you can be creating more imbalances by not treating the problem. Now, when treating plantar fasciitis, some of the simple go-tos are stretches. Um, I like to use heat, especially in the morning, to get some blood flow to the area, warm those muscles up. There's quite often over night or when you're sitting for a while the muscles can cool down and start to stiffen up and I like to think of it as if a scab is kind of forming um, in those little tears and then when you first stand up you know I normally liken it to those scabs being ripped off the plantar fascia when you first start loading that foot and putting pressure through you know the cold contracted muscles and then as you start to warm up and the muscles get a little bit more pliable and a bit more stretchy, then those tears don't tend to be quite as painful. There's a little bit more give in the plantar fascia. Now, that's not exactly how it works. 
but that's how I like to just explain it to patients, give them a bit of a visual of, of kind of what's happening. So heat in the morning, I find it can be yeah, really effective just to get that blood flow going. If you've been out for a bit of a walk, you've been on your feet all day, then I still don't mind getting people to use ice just to help reduce any inflammation and reduce some like symptoms around the heel. But most importantly, what I find really effective is working on the calves. Okay, so nine times out of ten, I find there is a huge link between plantar fasciitis and really tight, bound, bound up calves and Achilles. So a really easy way and non-invasive sort of way to, to treat and try and release some of that posterior chain is to you know, stretch and foam roll and massage all those tight, knotty bits of tissue up in the calves and the back of the legs. This way you're not really even going near where the painful spot is, so you're not going to irritate it more and do more damage. You're just trying to work on some of the tightness above that area that might be creating more tension and creating more issues around that um, heel. I quite often find people with heel pain either have a really high arch and then quite a stiff ankle. So when they're landing, they're landing quite heavy on the heel anyway and putting more load um, through that heel. Or they'll be the opposite and have an arch that really collapses and, and pronates and rolls in, which is stretching and loading that plantar fascia uh, way too much. What happens when the foot's rolling in too much is quite often the glutes and the hips aren't firing well. So the calves start to become the primary driver. And we start overusing the muscles in the, the legs, the calves, which become tight, start pulling on that fascia. Then as that fascia gets tighter and you're rolling through too much, spending too much time in pronation, then you're loading and stretching that. And over time, it just starts to wear down and and get those little tears. So really focus on trying to loosen up your calves first and foremost and see if that has any effect on reducing some of the symptoms. Another simple conservative treatment can be rolling the foot out. So I like to use a lacrosse ball, a couple of minutes, um, you know, at least once or twice a day. But trying to avoid the painful spot. So if you know the, the pain is towards the front of the foot in the, in the plantar fascia, I wouldn't go crazy in rolling over the painful spot. You would just irritate it more. But for those of you where the pain is directly in the heel, just stay off the heel. There's no point rolling over it and causing more irritation to the area because it's just going to get more painful. So rolling the foot out with a lacrosse ball, Start the first minute just forward and back, rolling with even pressure, enough pressure that it's uncomfortable but not painful. And then for the next minute or so, going sideways. So starting at the outside of the foot, just behind the ball of the foot, rolling across towards the arch till you see about two-thirds of the ball outside of the in the arch. And then just slowly covering the whole foot, rolling side to side, Again, nice even pressure, 
shouldn't be painful, just uncomfortable, and avoid the area where the pain is. This will start working on loosening up that fascia, detoning that fascia, working on some of the nerves in that in that fascia to help release it. This can be really good for reducing symptoms. In the clinic, I also use techniques like foot mobilization therapy, uh, dry needling where we need to, massage techniques, uh, taping can all be really effective in reducing pain in the heel. If needed, sometimes we'll look at supportive shoes if the foot's really bad, but quite often I find um, I don't worry too much about footwear straight away. I start working on the calves, um, releasing the foot, and then introducing some foot strengthening drills and hip strengthening drills to try and help get more or less pressure on the foot to try and build that external rotation, that torque I was talking about before to help build that arch up to naturally support that plantar fascia, which is better long-term because if you get to the point that you can support your own body, then it doesn't matter so much what shoes you're in. If your feet and the muscles around your feet and hips maintain strength and mobility then if you're in shoes for work then you kick them off and get down the beach after work or on holidays if your body knows how to support itself you're not going to be overloading the foot when you're not in those supportive shoes so the goal i believe is to become less reliant on orthotics and shoes but where needed they can still be an effective tool to help reduce symptoms and help you get on with activity if need be. So there are still times that you know, I would prescribe an orthotic for heel pain or for other sim- or for other conditions or supportive footwear, but it's only normally to help people get um, through an activity they need to get through with reduced symptoms quickly. But my goal is always to help people get back to building that body up and and be able to support their own feet to or to help then from a long-term point of view not fall back into that position where they're back in heel pain again because quite often with heel pain it's the sort of thing that uh, becomes quite chronic you know you might treat the symptoms um, you know even release some of the the fascia or you might put yourself into some supportive footwear and orthotic and all that happens is you reduce the symptoms you get on with life for a while and then something else will flare it up because if you haven't addressed the underlying dysfunction it's just a ticking time bomb and you're just waiting for the kind of right conditions again to flare it up so whether it's next summer when you're you're back in the sandals or you start increasing your exercise again, whatever it may be, or just some excess inflammation in your body from food or stress can be enough to flare it up. So, yeah, I really encourage people to look at those underlying issues that are actually causing the dysfunction and and tightness in the first place. It's important to also remember we, as humans, spend a lot of time walking and 
walking is where most of the breakdown and dysfunction happens. Now, quite often it's yeah, the increased exercise or weight or whatever might tip you over the edge, but it's each and every step that is getting you closer to heel pain if you're walking incorrectly. So that's where getting to the underlying problem and you know working on figuring out what it is that's stopping you from walking well and moving well, that's what's going to keep you know a lot more conditions away. So risk factors for plantar fasciitis. We've spoken about a few of them, like the shoes and the increased weight. But from a movement point of view, things I'm looking for and that I kind of link and see you know, a lot of linkages with um, in clients are things like stiffer ankles. So not being able to dorsiflex your ankle or foot, so not being able to pull your toes up towards your shins as far as you should. That normally indicates that there's stiffness either in the ankle itself or in the soft tissues, whether it's the Achilles tendon, the calf. Something is stopping the ankle from bending as far as it should, which from a movement point of view, that tends to load the plantar fascia when you're walking. If you don't bend the ankle as far as you should, generally you'll either splay your feet out like a duck when you're walking or you'll be lifting your heel up early when you walk. It's a bit more of a bouncy sort of walking pattern. Or you'll be rolling the arch in, um, an ankle in, so pronating way too much to get around the ankle because you can't bend it as far as you should in a straight line when you're walking. So ankles are a really important thing to be looking at when trying to treat plantar fasciitis. Hips are another important thing we need to be looking for. So do you have enough extension? Because if the hips don't bend backwards as far as they should, then the ankles won't bend forward as far as they should when you're walking. So there are a couple of things you need to look for and there's lots of things online and tests you can do to, to check it out. So does your ankle bend to around 40 degrees is step one. Do you have that range of motion? You know, do you have the control when you bend the ankle forward to keep the arch up? Are the hips strong enough? Then you want to start creating strength around those areas. So building muscles in the arch, um, in the legs, in the hips to help walk more efficiently and reduce the heel pain but also keep that heel pain away. Now when treating heel pain, Stretching and foam rolling and loosening up all that soft tissue um, is really important, but so too is strengthening the muscles to help control everything. So hopefully you, if you are suffering with heel pain, hopefully from this you'll have a rough idea of what might be happening. Um, you know, the, the pain isn't necessarily the problem is a big takeaway I want you to to take from this. It's a problem in that it's painful right now and it's causing you grief, but you really need to be looking at what's underlying that pain and why you're getting it in the first place. It's just not there for the sake of being there. It's there because you are moving and doing something inefficiently 
that's loading that plantar fascia in the wrong way and causing you pain. So if you're in pain, try some of those exercises. So loosening the calves up, rolling the feet out, you know, ice and heat. That's some nice simple ones. Then, you know, talk to a professional about how you can build strength in the hips, strength in the, the feet to help support the body more efficiently. And then if need be, reach out. I do online assessments. I do online um, exercise programs as well as in clinic. Um, so if you need a hand, let me know and I can assess how you're moving, how you're walking, and give you exercises to start correcting those gait patterns and becoming more efficient at moving like a human. Now, if you know someone who's in heel pain, make sure you pass um, this podcast on to them. Try and help them understand more clearly what's happening to their feet as well. But don't forget to get assessed by a professional and make sure that it's diagnosed um, correctly so that you can treat the symptoms you know, quickly and efficiently and, and correctly before moving on and really starting to correct those dysfunctional patterns. So thanks for listening in. Hopefully you were able to take some stuff away from, from this. Um, and if you are transitioning to more like barefoot shoes and minimalist shoes like a lot of you uh, may be doing, you get a lot of questions about that too, just make sure you're doing so slowly. Um, and, and easing into it so that you don't flare up things like heel pain or pain in the ball of the foot or hips, okay? But, yeah, we, we want to try and eventually lower those heels, get into a, a more functional floppy shoe to help the foot maintain strength and mobility because, you know, it's where I believe uh, feet function best especially once they've been corrected and they, they are moving more naturally. And that's where things like heel pain and, and all other sort of conditions we see, I really believe we'd be seeing less of them if we didn't have you know the raised heels in shoes, the, the tight toe boxes, the stiff, rigid soles. So as much as you may need support to help with the symptoms, remember that um, over-supportive footwear and Orthotics, in my eyes, are a tool. They're not a lifelong treatment. So really start hunting down and figuring out what those dysfunctions are, working on them um, because that's where the real magic happens and it's where you can really start to understand your own body more to start treating pains and and symptoms um, a lot easier yourself but also start working towards that body that suffers a lot less Um, aches and pains and injuries because of just poor dysfunctional movement patterns so thanks again for listening in if you have any questions make sure you reach out whether it's on social media or send me an email happy to try and answer uh, questions and i look forward to hearing and connecting with you guys keep an eye out for some upcoming workshops that i'll be doing this year and look forward to talking to you soon 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.